Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh, Brent Tate is a man who knows a thing or two about State of Origin. Played in 24 of them. Played 25 tests as well. So, yeah, rep footy, he's got it, got it covered. Tatey, morning to you. Morning, Benny. How are you, mate? Very well. Who's your non-negotiable when it comes to the Maroons pack? Yeah, well, I definitely think I'd have to agree with your sentiments around Felice Kafusi, mate. I think he's, uh, you know, the form that he's showing this year, he's almost been reborn um, going to the Dolphins, which has been a great move for him. And um, he just strikes a fear into any of those New South Wales halves that are going to take the ball to the line, um, mate, he hits like no other. So, uh, yeah, he's certainly one that I'd definitely have in my team and be first picked, I guess, as well as, you know, the staples of, you know, Cam Munster, um, you know, Harry Grant, those sort of guys that you build your team around. Yeah. So, um, yeah, in a really good position this year, I think, Queensland, which sometimes is a bit of a worry. You like to be uh, up against it, but I'm sure we'll, we'll create a, a headline that'll... Um, put us as underdogs at some stage. <laughs> well, we don't have Nanai, so there we go. There's our headline. We're, we're up against it. We don't have a World Cup forward. Tady, just on enforcers, I mean, it, it's my opinion that we need one, but from someone who's been there and done that, how important are they? Who did you love playing behind knowing that they were, well, either in front of you or next to you when it came to pulling off the big shots? Who did you love playing? <sighs> I mean, it's funny. Like you talk, we all talk about enforcers these days. I guess it's it's not so much you know the enforcers. It's it's, it's just more you know what they bring when you're sitting in the dressing shed and you, and you look beside you and you know you know they're just going to turn up and get the job done. And, and mate, I, I love playing behind Petro and Pricey. Um, they were you know our two front rowers yeah. throughout a lot of that um, success that we had in Nate Miles. You, you know, and you just knew that they were always going to do the job and they'd aim up. Um, I think that's you know, they weren't ones to pull off big shots or do anything like that. But mate, they were just so reliable. And um, you, you, I guess you know, Big Petro. Not not too many guys were, you know, ever going to pick on you when Big Pet was in the team as well. So yeah, mate. I guess enforcers a different way and different term the way we talk about enforcers in the modern day game to compared to the old days. But um, you know, a guy like Felice Cafusi in your team, I think, is really important. I think what it does is. You know, it, just, it does strike the fear into the halves that want to get, you know, dig deep into the line. You know, when he hits you like he's been hitting those halves, yeah. um, it just it it just sort of upsets the attack a little bit. So, you know, guys like that are, make a wonderful to have in your team. Well, Tati, you take us inside the sheds. You just said Pricey, Petro, Nate Mile. Who, who was who who was doing things before the game to either make you at ease or just to break the tension? Who who was the best at that? Oh, mate, I think um, yeah, Mel had this wonderful ability to, you know, just, oh, it's so hard. He just, he, we, we created such just a, a wonderful um, bond within the group and everyone was really respectful of the way they prepared themselves and got ready. Um, 
in the shed, and you got obviously guys that are really serious, and you got your jokesters. You know, I remember Sean Berrigan being a bit of a jokester. He wasn't one to take things too serious, but you know, an ultra competitor. Yeah. Um, what did he do? Did he used to know, take out his teeth or something, Barrow? Was oh, that... <laughs> yeah. Well, he never had any teeth in his head there most of the times. But yeah, but about you know, he was just a bit of a jokester and a prankster, and yeah. you know, he, he just didn't take things too seriously. But you know, once he crossed the stripe, you know, just just that fierce competitor come come out in him and. Um, yeah, it's funny, mate. I just, you know, you, you, I remember sitting in those sheds, and you know, when you look across the sheds, and you used to see Greg Inglis, and he'd have that look in his eye. I reckon you could nearly get in the day one of camp, and you knew what, which, you know, what sort of Greg Inglis was going to turn up and play Origin. And when he had that look in his eye and that that stance about him and that aura when he he was on, mate, there was nothing more exciting. Like, you know, you used to get around to each other and go, "Oh, Greg, he's on." You know, you used to get excited about it because you knew what he was going to do. So. Um, you know that that's the sort of um, feeling you get when you're in the dressing shed, which is so important. You can never put a price on that sort of stuff. Tady, let, let me flip the conversation. Then, who was the blue that you hated running into there in Forza oh, or Greg there? Bur- yeah. yeah, Greg Bird and Paul Gallon were, were two really tough competitors, mate. They, one, they were really grubby. Two, they were, you know, New South Wales' best players. You know, they really were. Yeah. And they were almost the heart and soul of that team. But, mate, they, they were just ultra competitive too. And, you know, Did they ever get hard, you? hit hard. Did they ever get you? Oh, they were yeah, in the middle. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, You know, I remember one origin in New South Wales. Like, every time I ran the ball back, you know, to get your set started, you know, sort of running into birdie. And he was pulling hair, pulling ears, grabbing you on the old follower. He was doing everything. He was just an absolute <laughs> jerk. Like, <laughs> oh, mate, he was terrible. He was absolutely shocking. But, mate, get him off the field. He's one of the greatest guys you'd ever meet. So, um, But, mate, hated playing against him. Like, just hated him with an absolute passion. But um, get him off the field and, yeah, wonderful follow to be around. Do I remember you putting a, a shot across the bow or maybe across his chin or maybe across his head of Paul Gallon? Yeah, I did. Not the smartest thing I've ever done in my time. Um, and then I crow-peck Greg Bird on the ground, if you can remember. I'd get a lot of stick about that. It was, um, I was on top of... Um, well, I think Greggy was on top of... What are you, 12? Greg Bird. And I was on... Yeah. And I was on top of uh, GI and uh, Birdie's head was just sitting there and I... I but I was going to punch him and I thought that's going to be a dog shot. So I crow-pecked him and... Um, <laughs> Now all the boys reckon if you get in a fight with me, I'll crow peck you to death. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not my finest crow moment, peck. mate. Yeah. Crow peck. How good. Uh, <laughs> There's the yeah. origin moment. We, we, need to, we need to find that and play our origin moment. Yeah, um, yeah please do. I can't wait. <laughs> One of the commentators picked up on it. Mate, I, before I let you go, I, I do have to ask you, um, the big game tomorrow night, and it is a belter. What about this? Broncos-Melbourne Storm. It is an age-old grudge match. It goes back to grand final. He goes back to Craig Bellamy being part of the Broncos and then going into the Melbourne Storm system. It goes back to 2016, Tatey. That was the last time the Broncos beat Melbourne. 2016. It's a seven-year itch they haven't been able to scratch. Yeah, mate. It's It's been a great rivalry for a, a really long time. And um, Melbourne have been such a wonderful club, mate. But I, I do get the feeling that Melbourne aren't the same Melbourne they used to be. And I... I think a lot of clubs can smell blood in the water a little bit with Melbourne. They just don't have that, um, you know, they just don't have the quality of players that they've had playing for them over the last couple of years. And I think if you take Nelson out of that forward pack, mate, they they really struggle. So, um, 
I think Bronx will get. I think Bronx will beat them. I think Bronx will beat them well. I think there's just way too much firepower. They're too confident, and as I said, I think most clubs are smelling a little bit of blood in the water with Melbourne. They just they just don't have the cattle that they used to have, mate. Especially in the forwards. Um, so look, I could be wrong, um, and most of the time I am, but I, I just think <laughs> the Bronx are too good, and um, the tide's turned a little bit there with Melbourne. Well, okay, well that's what I was going to say. Is it more Melbourne not being up? to where they normally are, or is it the fact that the Broncos are travelling pretty well? Oh, I think it's both, mate, to be honest. Yeah. I, as I said, I, I just Melbourne this year just aren't the same Melbourne. Well, I, I think it's been a couple of years coming, to be honest, and I think this year probably more than ever, they're, they're just not that team we're used to seeing, you know. Um, and, and Brisbane, mate, they're, you know, they're on top of the ladder for a reason. They've got a bunch of young kids that are just going great. They're confident. They've all played around that 50-odd games now. They know what it takes to win, and um, mate, they deserve to be where they are because they've been playing fantastic footy. Nice one, mate. Before I let you keep going back to your crow pecking ways, one one question without <laughs> without notice, and this is coming off the back of Magic Round, where one of the things that stood out for me off the field was the amount of jerseys that were on display, and, and I'm talking from all eras, from all clubs, from all competitions. I saw a bloke wearing an original Valley's Die Hard jersey. Now I reckon he may have played in it in the fifties, and I'm, so that gives you a spot of the age of the jersey and where he was and how old he was. But I saw dragons jerseys that had the pen folds on them, so the red V. I saw crushes jerseys, and it got me thinking. And these were originals that that people had had because they didn't look brand new. You could see they were faded. You could see they were washed. You could see there was wear and tear. I'm thinking, how long have they had those jerseys? I wonder if it was their their first. And then what was the first? What was your first jersey, Tatey, that you ever got as a kid? Uh, oh, mate, I've kept all my jerseys from when I very when I first started. But I, I think the very first jersey I got to keep, mate, is my my uh, Redcliffe Dolphins um, ca- carnival jersey that I got to play in. It was the under it used to be the under thirty five kilos. You used to go and you can only make it and play in the carnival if you weighed under thirty un, under that thirty five kilo threshold. So. Um, mate, I've still got that jersey at home, and um, it's it's one of my it's probably one of the best jerseys I've got to be honest. Um, oh, wow. I showed the kids it not that long ago. Yeah, um, yeah, it's awesome, mate. And, and I love Redcliffe. Like I, like I, I, I can't help but cheer for those guys at the moment just because of the connection that you got from playing all your juniors out there. So, um, yeah, mate, it's a real, really proud jersey that one, the Dolphins one. Was it a red and white or a white and red? Nah, she's so red that and white, that is probably the stupidest question I've ever asked. <laughs> was it red or white? <laughs> hey, but you know what I mean, right? What, was it red? red. <laughs> Predominantly red, Ben, and a little bit of white. There you go. <laughs> so that's red and white. <laughs> oh, you've had a shock at No, nah, th- thanks for digging me out of that hole, mate. Thank you. You you go back with your crow pecks, and I'll go back with my red and white and white and reds. Good on you, Tatey. <laughs> Thank you, Benny. Thank you, mate. <laughs> Oh dear! I went there, didn't I? Um, you know what I mean, right? Red and red and white, or is it white with red? Yeah. Anyway, um, th- <laughs> oh dear. Thirteen, thirteen, fifty-five, oh four, six, seven, seven, three, six, seven, three, six. Uh, plenty to wade through there from Greg Bird pecking on the pecker to to Tatey with his crow pecks. Jeez, it was birds and pecks and peckers everywhere. Um, look, jerseys. What what was your first, and do you still have one, or your most cherished? As I said, at Magic Round, they're all there. North Sydney Bears jerseys, they were coming out. But there was all the different vintages as well. I mean, the Newcastle Knights Henny Penny one was there. 
there were some that I hadn't seen before and had to really look up close and, and saw there was a, it was a really weird Warriors one that was, it was black and white or gray, like a shade of charcoal and white, but it had the Warriors badge on it. I don't remember that jersey, but obviously there was uh, groups of people wearing that. Um, f- first jersey. Do you still have it? What was it? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. We're 14 away from 10.